Hey everyone and welcome back to the Kick to the Crotch uh, podcast and uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, bullying to Bangkok is basically how I'm going to look at this one. That is the title I've thought up. It doesn't entirely go with the, the narrative which we all discover as we go on um, but the idea is that coming from a background of uh, bullying I have Dave uh, Cottrell with me who then got into martial arts and ended up fighting over in Thailand. Um, say fighting you know um <laughs> we'll call we'll call it what it is okay. <laughs> having, so, a yes. um, yeah, having a go which is i hey the, my first ever boxing match is exactly the same i don't think i've allowed any of that video to still be on the internet um so we we all have those fights but yes it's it's um, the story of that and, and how martial arts can really kind of help um especially for for bullying and it is a good place for everyone to get there so um as i said i've got Dave Cottrell with me who um has trained in muay thai and a bit of mma where he found M uh, muay thai from so um how you doing dave how is it yeah i'm doing really good and um, for once i mean you've seen me on camera a bunch of times now i've let actual sunlight in it's, uh, <laughs> and there's a view it's not just a purple curtain and a key light so i'm um, i'm feeling good spring is in the air and I ran 10k this morning and I'm like, you know, I'm basically on top of my self-care, which is cool because last week I was feeling terrible. So, you know, <laughs> swings and roundabouts, swings well, and roundabouts. And I suppose that immediately goes into the point of, um, you know, you've, you've run 10k, you've done a bit of exercise and you're feeling better. It's a bit like the whole point of, you know, from bullying, like we say, when you were younger to then being able to take that control of yourself um, and actually go, right, now I'm able to do this and I'm going to feel better about myself because it's a, it's a whole kind of, um a whole process for you so if you want to just um obviously not necessarily having to go into too much detail but kind of tell us where you started what made you think actually i need to get in the gym because these this is happening to me um so i was bullied from um i actually i actually went into martial arts before i was bullied bullied the first okay. time I, I got into i went i've tried traditional jujitsu um when I was around nine or 10, I can't remember exactly when it was. And I would actually probably say um, that my instructor was one of my first ever bullies, to be honest. And I didn't get into it at that point because I was being bullied. I got into it because the local um, the local place, which was the Vernon Sanctuary Sports Centre in Stanley Park in Liverpool, the park that divides the two football clubs. And um, and it was and it was there and Karate Kid had been out and like all right, that yeah. stuff. So <laughs> like so that was kind of that was the impetus behind it the first time. And um, and basically <clears throat> what happened there, I mean, I'd already had kind of mild problems with my brother and my dad. But I hadn't, the bullying at school for me didn't start till secondary school. And this was slightly before that. Right. And, um, but the, I went in there because I did feel, I, I had glasses from the age of six, you know, like they treated as the kind of nerdy kids and all the rest of it, which again, the tropes in the movies at that point were kind of backing up, you know? Yes. Yeah. The kid with glasses was the one that was <laughs> going to get picked on regardless because glasses equal weak or whatever. Um, yeah. So I started, I started doing, um, I started doing jujitsu and, you know, got up to my first belt. Everything was going good. And the, 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 the instructor just progressively started being meaner and meaner and meaner to me until I like, you know, just, just making me do like more push-ups than everybody else. And like when I failed, we were doing, we had to go and jump over like in a gymnastics horse and stuff like, and then land into rolls and stuff. And like, he'd make me go and do that like a bunch of times extra on top of everybody else. And, and um and then one day he basically just 
about about a month or so. That's it. I can't, the time frames are a bit weird when I was a kid, but I know it was after I'd, after I got my red belt. Hmm. Um, basically, he was like, right, I need someone to ins- I need someone to demonstrate this um, this arm lock on, and it was one of those arm locks where the arm goes right. You know, he pulled up, cranked up yeah. the back there. And he just kept on cranking it like further and further. And I tapped out and he pulled it even further. And I tapped that again and he pulled it even further. And um and went like and basically he finally he finally let it off. And like I was crying and like he shouted at me for the fact that I was crying, like in front of a room full of people. I mean, this is obviously like 1992 or something. Mm. But um to be fair, like <laughs> it's like I told you there's a, there's a story about my this this instructor. Um, do you want that now? <laughs> Go for it. It's, 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 it's in it's in chronological order. And yeah. obviously, the thing is, whenever someone's bullied, um, they're made to feel weak. And this is only something I've realised as like as an adult is that every time I was assaulted six times in my life. Um, actually, it turned out to be seven because I realised that there was three assaults by multiple people outside when I was talking through this story only yesterday. Mm. Um, And two times I was assaulted by adults, like when I was a child, two times I was assaulted by people with knives when I was, well, I was still, I was a child as one of those. And I was, uh, I was 12 at one. And then I was, uh, I was an adult actually in Thailand the second time. (laughs) Um, And three times I was assaulted by groups of people. There was always, I was, individually like there was always a power like power dynamic there i wasn't i wasn't on the same level as any of these people yeah you know either they they outnumbered me they outsized me in terms of age or they yeah they outweaponed me because outgunned doesn't work in this instance because it was a knife and um and the teacher was obviously one of those times and um basically from that um we i i felt like i was weak from that i felt like oh, i'll never be able to do this and that was actually one of the things he said to me you know oh you'll you'll never be able to do jujitsu you can't handle a little arm lock or something well you know again the exact words kind of fail me now Dickhead. but something along, <laughs> <laughs> something along those lines and i went away from that thinking that he was this big powerful teacher and i was this little weak kid not thinking if you're picking on a weak kid, that makes you a freaking weak teacher, you know, not realizing any of that at the time. If only, if only I had that perspective. Mm. But um, I, so I left and um, ultimately I used the things. I, I started getting bullied um, in, in high school at the first, when I first started. Um, actually, I want to tell you the story about the teacher, which is slightly before I go to high school, where um, I lived in this little house in Anfield and um basically we heard all this commotion on the street like uh two o'clock in the morning and um i basically ran through to my mum's room which looked out over the street and there was um my martial arts teacher who lived like you know just around the corner from us there was my well i suppose <coughs> ex-martial arts instructor at this point there mm. he was just flailing a samurai sword around in the in the street and um that time we we just got over like the the, the toxic riots and stuff of the, of the late late 80s and that. Mm. so by that point we still had what they were called, we call them black mariah vans these big vans that basically the they'd, they'd drive down they'd be full of police then they'd they'd disperse riots by fill it like the police get out they disperse the riots by chucking all, all the you know the rioters into the back and then the police then hang off the sides as it drives back down the road so one of these vans, one of these Black Mariah vans comes ripping down our street and, I don't know, 20, 
like fully riot geared up with the shields and the batons like um police officers get out and surround them and there's one they like you know obviously captain lieutenant whatever shouting saying just put the weapon down put the weapon down and we won't hurt you and um, he puts the weapon down on the floor and they all pile in on him and beat the crap out of him so um I mean, it was all there was all hearsay around around Anfield about why he'd why he'd done it. Argument with his girlfriend, you know, ran, running around the house brandishing this sword. Whether he was drinking, whether he was on drugs, no one really knows the true story. Mm. But um, like you know, it it kind of adds mm. up weirdly that you know if you're going to kind of go around putting arm bars on kids and not taking them off when they're yeah. tapping out. It probably it probably means there's something else going on there. <laughs> yeah, just a, a quick aside there. Anyone listening or, or watching, um, if your if your instructor won't let you out of something after you've double tapped, leave the fucking school, leave immediately. Don't don't look back. They're an asshole. It is not your fault. Um, and there is no such thing as uh, not being made for it or not being able to do it. Uh, hopefully, my my students from self defense will know that is that. Yeah, you need to push yourself sometimes, but at no point is it that case. It's like if you're my way of thinking is especially if it's an actual violent thing, if you're upright and you're away from them, you win. That's as simple as that is. Like there's no <laughs> fucking there's no fucking about with oh you're not tough or fuck off. Like, um, yeah, I I will go with the idea that we used to be treated a bit meaner back in the day. Um, I mean, my first my first um grading as anything else was 89 so a little bit before you but um even then none of my my instructors were tougher but that would have they would have yeah that just wouldn't have happened it's i mean that's just fucking disgusting but yeah it clearly on something to um to then run i mean it fits the narrative didn't it being an absolute asshole like that and then being um, you know jumped on because you got samurai sword i mean it's just fucking ridiculous anyway <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a you know just a, just a standard day growing up in anfield that <laughs> yeah after the toxic riots yeah <laughs> um but yeah so so the thing was after that is i went to i went to high school and i still remembered i could probably still do because you know you got the muscle memory you could i could probably yeah. still do certain kind of the arm goes up like that you get the arm you twist you pull down and you've got the knee and then the elbow and the back yeah. blah, blah blah i could probably still do the kind of the the ones that I had to do from a first grading because you often did them by repetition so much I could probably still do them now and that was kind of the problem is that when I got into my like I was getting picked I started getting picked on a bit in um, in my first secondary school mm. and I say first because I went to three and um, in my first secondary school I was at an all boys school over in Heighton um, which is depends on who you ask it could be a rough area liverpool could not um, but it's it was less rough than anfield so you'd think it'd be all right but i was at this all boys school and um and basically uh this 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 kid who was actually i would say i would have easily like handled myself against this kid one-on-one -on -one. Mm. um but he always had his crew with him and this one time he um he threw uh, he threw a flattened can at my head, like you know, like, like you know, like a flattened coke can, and it yeah. like you know, obviously cut, like hit me in the forehead, cut, cut me just above my eyebrow. And he wasn't; he didn't have his friends round with him. So I went up and did this literal kind of like twist the arm up the back, knee, elbow yeah. thing, which, to be fair, I wasn't really defending myself. I was retaliating for something that had already yeah. happened because he wasn't continuing an like an attack on me or anything. 
I went and explained everything that had happened. I'm the bigger kid. I, I was the one who did cause more damage, blah, 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 even though I'm the one with the, you know, cut on my forehead. I get suspended from school for two weeks <clears throat> and um, went back. Everything was all right for the ish for the first year. And then in the second year, um, in the second year of school, I Sonic and Knuckles had just come out on the Sega Mega Drive. And, um, and I took... I took the empty case into school because I, we had we I had a really poor family. So like the fact like so I when I, I was getting already getting picked on for the fact that I didn't have a pair of kickers and all that. So when I had this game, I kind of wanted to show. Oh, I've got this game. You know, I'm I have worth now because I've got this game and it's it's hot. Off, it's only just come out. I didn't have to wait for it to go on sale and everything. <laughs> um, and I took the empty case into school with me, but because one of these one one kid, um like basically saw me with this empty case. He thought I had the game in my bag. So he stole my bag and then basically went and put it behind him and a bunch of other people. And um, <clears throat> I basically, like, I, I was, it was getting closer to the starting bell of the day. And, um, and like, there was not, I wasn't getting me bad, but I had tried. I didn't want to go and tell the teachers, didn't even trust the teachers after the last time, last instant really, but didn't want to go and tell the teachers because you know snitches get stitches or it was we never called a snitch then we called a grass you're a grass you're a grass <laughs> yeah um don't be a grass and um so uh, but eventually it was getting close to the start of school and i was really worried that i didn't have all my books and stuff because all my books were in there i wasn't even asked about the case of the game at this point because it was a case the game was sat in sat in my mega drive back at home you know yeah and um so i went and told the teacher he did not like that. <laughs> so this guy, he was tiny. Like, again, he had all his boys with him at that point when he took the bag and stuff. But um, but basically he was tiny and he was like, he's like, he just turned around to me. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up after school. And um, I just thought, right, well, I'll just, you know, stay clear of him, whatever, after yeah. school. And then um, basically at the lunch break, um he he pulls a knife on me just show doesn't didn't attack me with it or anything just shows me this knife and he's like he's like this is going in you after school like and he didn't have any of his boys around him at that point because obviously he felt felt hard enough with just the knife wanted to yeah. keep it kind of subtle didn't want the teachers coming and breaking it up and in my 11 12 year old brain at this point i'm thinking holy crap i i told about the game and this is where he escalated it to Mm. where's he going to escalate it to if i tell about this yeah sure he'll get expelled from school but what but when then what what is stopping him from literally waiting outside that school for me so i ran i i literally legged it away it's two buses away from anfield like got got home mid midday like me like you know basically just after midday get home and like me nan's like what's going on and i basically i i, I like I, I told her and I just basically said, oh, he said he was going to stab me. I didn't say that he had the knife with him because I thought if my nan goes and tells people, um, what's going to happen? And um, <clears throat> yeah. And, and like, so I left that school, never went back to that school after that afternoon. And I went to the 14th worst school in the country <laughs> where everything was fine until someone else came from my old school and told people I've been bullied. And there's such a weird thing that happens with people when they know you've already been bullied before is yeah. it kind of gives them a green light to go, oh, he's been bullied before, we can do this again. So I had about four months in that school where nothing bad happened to me. And after that, 
I was getting I was getting beaten every day by multiple groups of people. Like the six assaults, none of them are what I count them as the ones in school. Like I've literally lost count of the number of times. And I went and told, I went, my mum my mum had just started a business. She was doing her best to kind of try and get us out of poverty. My dad was signed off work on disability. Um, so I went and told my dad about it because my mum was working all these long hours. And I thought I couldn't tell my mum. And so I told my dad and my dad just turned around to me and I've been, roughly the size I am now since I was about 13 14 there's a picture of me towering over my mum when I'm 13 and she's 5 8 so <laughs> um and my dad just turned around and was like how can you get bullied have you seen the size of you and um I think I don't know if the size thing kind of stuck with me at that point but off the back of that as we talked about on the other episode of your podcast I developed an eating disorder mm. Other um, podcasts, by the way, if anyone's looking for that one, that's um, it's good to talk, um, which you can also find on Spotify and you'll find under the YouTube. Let's chat. Anyway, look how I just led you into an organic, <laughs> an organic plug. It's a great episode as well, <laughs> obviously, because I'm on it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so so I developed an eating disorder off of all of that. And um, and and then I just really like literally being a victim just followed me around forever after like from that point and I didn't do anything about it until um until when I kind of came out of that that like there was like again this is kind of backstory from the other podcast but I hit like a really low point around 24 and I want I thought I've got to do something I've got to do something I've got to do something and um I still just felt like this victim I felt weak even as an adult I felt like you know, I didn't want to put a target on my back. I didn't want to kind of like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of get involved in anyone else's fights or anything. Like if someone was, if someone was like, I would, I would have been the person that on the street, if someone else was getting hurt, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stepped in because I was scared that I'd get in trouble for the, for like, but he's stopping it or I'd end up in a worse position. <clears throat> and I just, and I kind of got sick of that. So, um, so I started mixed martial arts with an absolute <laughs> Talk of a guy <laughs> and um i started mixed martial arts and i describe um mixed martial arts as going to the buffet to find out what meal you like mm. um what was the other thing i did that with oh crossfit crossfit was i got i got into olympic lifting off doing crossfit because I, I did crossfit and i decided that i didn't like crossfit but i liked olympic lifting with mixed martial arts <clears throat> i decided i didn't like mixed martial arts but i loved muay thai i wasn't really I wasn't really into the, um, I was doing one-to-ones and stuff. And, and like at that time, because I was still kind of a little bit too timid to be in a class. So the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff like, you know, you weren't, I wasn't doing any of the actual technique practice. It was all on dummies and things like that. So yeah. I never really got into that. Um, never got into the wrestling aspect of it or anything like that. Just, but just loved, loved the, the, um, the Muay Thai side of it. So originally I thought I will go and do some Muay Thai on the side like because I enjoy that more, so I'll do Muay Thai on the side. And I went and started doing Muay Thai, and again, private lesson, like because I was terrified of like of being in a class, <laughs> and um, and so I went to a place um, which was an affiliate of of Master Scan at the time. He was one of the guys who brought Muay Thai to the UK. Um, I was trained. I went and trained under a guy called Matt Thomas, still one of the biggest saviors in my entire life. This man, um, <clears throat> and. He doesn't know that. I mean, I've told him, maybe not use the word savior, but I've told him what he means to me. Mm. But um, but basically I went and started training. He's like, come down to a class, you know, come come down and try a class out. We'll do you know, your first week's free on classes and um, and see if you like it. And it was like, 
if you do a two hour class or it was like it was dead cheap as well like a fiver for a class or if you did if you stayed for the second hour it was only seven quid so like you know you so i was um so i ended up getting really really into it and i remember like everyone was like would line up in grade order because we had grades at the beginning and um i was obviously um what was called was it the kranguruang the armband yeah i think it is the moncons the headband yeah okay the kranguruang is your (laughs) is your armband um and i was like a i was a white kranguruang which is the same as a, a white belt i guess so i was all the way at the back and i was like quite liked being all the way at the back you know because um I'd even stand at the vet because there was a lot of people that had not graded at all and weren't even interested in grading. So, yeah. So basically there was a lot of people to stand at the back of and I'd stand back there and, you know, do the warm ups and all the rest of it. And then I'd be so nervous when I was kind of like put into pairs with people and doing and running techniques and stuff and very self-deprecating and like putting like my own technique down. And cause I'm the big guy, you know, everyone, exp- it's funny because everyone expects the big guy to be strong, but not fast, but in all sorts of, in, in, in sparring, you're not supposed to use strength at all, you know, because you could hurt somebody. So I never got to use my natural abilities really, but um, I, I, until, until doing it competitively. And, and, um, and basically just worked me way, worked me through that, got more and more obsessed with it. And at, the, at that time I've just, this um i just completely and utterly i completely and utterly kind of destroyed my life i talked about it on your your other podcast where i said you know at that point i was with a person that had um had left me first marriage i was with someone else that was that had tried to separate me from everybody like from all my friends all my family mm. and um and then she left and when, and when she left i was like i've ne- i was never the type of person to do anything for myself like i was always like put myself last and I, I was reading, like, I was, re- I was, um, I, this is one of the, re- the other reasons I'm, t- I'm totally convinced I've got ADHD is that when I get onto something, I get obsessed with it. So, um, and then, and then I stop being obsessed with it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a forgotten thing, but I was reading Muay Thai books. I was like, I was looking at techniques. I was watching videos. I was doing all this stuff. I was like living and breathing Muay Thai. And, um, and everyone talked about doing the pilgrimage to go and t- train in Thailand and do the two times a day. And I was just like, there's no way, there's no way. And then basically when, when, when this girl left and I was like, screw it, I'm doing it. Like I'm going out, like I've got, I've got no real reason to stay here. Um, I'm going out, I'm going out to Thailand. And um, I went out to Thailand as the most timid person on the face of the planet still. Like I'd only, I'd only done a couple of gradings maybe. Um, I'd not done any even inter-club fights or anything like that. I'd not, I'd not done a single fight. Um, and I went out to Thailand and I was, only, I was only talking to my wife about this three days ago. And I was saying like, you know, sometimes people give up on things before they've really given them a chance. And I know that when I got to the, the gym at Thailand, um, in Phuket, and that's where you. This is unfortunately where your um, bully to Bangkok doesn't work. From yeah, I know. On, it's from picked on to Phuket, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like picked on doesn't have the same ring to it as bullying, though. But um, <laughs> but um, and I did go via Bangkok. You know, I did like a, okay. I did as via Bangkok airport at least. You know, I got yeah. to eat some. I got to eat some prawn curry in the uh, in the that airport. <laughs> that, there you go. I'm, I'm, it may not brave, but I'll eat bra- I'll eat I'll eat prawn curry in an airport. There's bravery for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I um, I got out to Thailand and. The next morning I was like, right, I'm going to spend some time acclimatizing to the weather. Didn't rent a motorbike or a scooter because like, I was just terrified like, mm. of all of this. And, um, and I sat in my room, waited for everybody to leave the next morning. Like, and, um, 
like they all, all I heard all the scooters leave the next morning and decided, right, I'm going to go for a little walk and see what's around. Two kilometers down the road was Phuket Zoo. Saw a dude walking around carrying a baby tiger. Um, just on the street, not in the zoo. He was just walking down the side of the zoo, carrying a baby tiger, feeding it with a ball. Um, but there was nothing else. There was nothing else around, even to get um, even to get food. I ended up having to get someone take me on the back of a bike to a Tesco Lotus <laughs> and get all, and get all my food and all the rest of it. Decided I didn't want to be on the back of a bike coming back with my bag, so I got an actual taxi, which are a lot more rare in Phuket than the motorcycle taxis are. And um, and then I was like, screw it. like I, I was like I was sat in my my um, my room. I made sure I got back to the room before morning training as I'd finished because I was still just utterly shy and didn't want to. I was really kind of timid about meeting people. And I think if I'd have been able to wave a magic wand and go home at that moment and be back in my familiar circumstances and be back, you know, home, even though I hated it at home at that point, I'd do it because it was the devil I knew rather than the devil I didn't, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, and instead, I basically just took a step outside the door, told myself, if I don't go out, if I don't go out now and talk to these people, it's gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely not going to do it tomorrow. And what am I going to do? I was, I was out there for a month. You know, my, my return ticket was a month away. Um, my, my accommodation was paid up for a month. And I walked outside and I just introduced myself to a few people. And I met people from all around the world, like people literally from all around the world go, go to train in Phuket. And went to afternoon training and loved it. And then went to every training session for the next, you know, twice a day for the next month except for when i felt I actually got a motorbike that night about a week and a half later fell off it and burnt my leg on the exhaust pipe but hey ho um so i missed a few training sessions then did a lot of just hands stuff for a little while um couldn't do the leg stuff for a bit but um i came back from thailand and i was just like everything from that point became became how do i get back there again and this was in july of 2009 uh, and as you know from my story on your other podcast also <laughs> on spotify august 2009 was the point at which that image came up um saying this is what you were doing a year ago today you were at v festival with all your friends and you don't know to have any friends or or family <laughs> so and as as you well know I, I made an attempt on my own life that year then um, that month mm. and i think part of that was the fact that Thailand became this escape from that reality for me. So, and my brain was like, what was, when was the earliest I could get back to Thailand? And I was like, if I save money, blah, blah, what's the earliest I can get back to Thailand? And, and Tuesday, what, where the hell did Tuesday come from? Tuesday's the second day of the week. It was the second <laughs> month of the year, the following year I could get back, which is February. That's where, my brain, <laughs> that's the connection my brain's just made, I think. And it was the February the following year. And um, obviously the suicide attempt and everything, like, failed miraculously amazing love it uh but that was when after that suicide attempt was the point at which i got really serious <clears throat> about about um about bettering myself and one of the things i wanted to do was i wanted to become an instructor and one of the things i wanted to do is i wanted to do a fight and i decided that the next time i went out i was going to do a fight and I went out in the um, I went out in the February, basically signed myself up for a fight within like a day of being there. And the instructor over there, Bang King Bang Congo, I still have him on Facebook. He's a legend. Um, he was like, "I'm like, do you think I could do it?" And he's just like, "Sure, sure, 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 <laughs> sure, 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 sure." And um, and then I didn't directly tell my instructor back home, but like 
I posted about it on Facebook and, um, and a few people in the gym are like, oh, Dave's fighting out in Thailand. Get a phone, get a voicemail from my instructor back home. Don't do it. You're not ready. <laughs> You're not ready. Don't do it. And that was, that got into my head. And I was like, oh, he, I know, I mean, I know him and I respect him. And he was, he was right, by the way. You've <laughs> <laughs> seen the video. He was, he was right. This isn't me putting myself down or shaming. This is, this is just objective truth. Um, so I went in the next day. Um, have you ever trained in an environment like that where you intensively with people for like a month or whatever? uh yeah i have done it at some points yeah yeah so you know that you basically they become like your brothers and sisters it's like you the bond that you make with these people is ridiculous over based on the time that you've known them um and there was a guy basically i went into the gym the next day and i was like he said went up to me training i'm like i don't want to do this fight like i was all set to be like pulling out of it and as i, as I took him to one side to say that the police arrive at the uh, at the gym obviously to say, don't let this man back out of the fight. Um, <laughs> the police arrive at the gym and um, they're like, does Adam train here? And we're like, yeah, um, is he okay? And they were like, he died in a motorbike accident last night. And um, like over the next few days, we were kind of, Adam had been out there for a long time, like had, or basically had an, an, an established adoptive Thai family and everything. So there was mm -hmm. a full funeral for him and everything and um, a Buddhist funeral. And yeah, like the, my brain was like, I know I shouldn't do this fight, but at the same time, I'm probably never going to get another chance to do it. Mm. And um, I know I'm not ready, but maybe sometimes you've got to do things you're not ready for, you know? Yeah. I was like, I could, it's like, I could get killed in the ring, could could die in a motorbike accident, you know? So I decided to do it and I decided to go for it. And um, and like three, two, or two or three weeks later, two weeks later it was, two weeks later, um, two days before I came home from Thailand, I stepped into the ring um, against a guy called Wairachai, I believe. Um, with my name is Dave England, where they put me as 84 kilos, I was like 110. <laughs> they don't care. They just they just loved having farangs was the word for foreigners. They just loved having farangs fight, you know. And um, they brought out they brought out the older, little bit chunky, bit retired, um, you know, the closest thing to an overweight Thai person you can find. Yeah. And they brought they, that's who they bring out for the bigger foreigners. And they brought him out. We're a chai, that was his name. And I've um, and I'd seen all the videos from knew he was a southpaw. All this like for oh yeah yeah he's not it's not too scary it's not too scary. And then obviously you get in and 10 seconds in you, you first ever bear shin block. <laughs> you know, it's like, I didn't have padded fights. None, not one. I went straight into everything, knees, elbows galore. You know, I, I remember like a little bit into about a minute into the first round and the elbow comes in and like clack catches me. And I'm like, Oh, this shit is real. Yeah. Like, and you don't really feel the pain i didn't feel any pain just impact it was all just mm. impact and um 
by the third round, I'm in my corner, just be like, I can't do it. I'm not even, I can't do it. I can't do it. And um, and I think, I think again, they know that it was. I wasn't in one of the professional tournaments or anything like. They know, like, okay, if we kill this, if we kill the tourists, <laughs> this looks bad. So and, and you, I mean, I know you've have you seen both videos? You've seen rounds four and five, where rounds four and five, he just the, even they, they slow the music down, <laughs> and like, there's a thing like in round three, they really that's 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 what they call the money round. That's the one where like you're gonna make or break. So the the music in Thai boxing, which is one of the things I absolutely love about it, it. it it pushes the speed of the fight. Mm. Um, so they proper slow the music round, down and, and round four is definitely not three minutes. <laughs> it's like, so they really, they really did take it easy on me. But um, I remember like coming home from that. I, well, I'm, after that, I was on an adrenaline trip for about three days. Um, had the worst bipolar episode of my life when I came home, really, because obviously being that manic and that high for three days, didn't sleep for three days, went out, did all the touristy stuff, went off to the Big Buddha, went off to the, to the shooting range, did all that stuff, went off the next night, hooked up with some girls, blah, 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 went off the next night, got on the plane, flew home without sleeping, and then wind up back in the UK and um, decided to take a ballpoint hammer to my kitchen because the come down was a bitch from all of that. And um, yeah, like now I remember saying around saying to my best friend at the time, he's uh, he's I'm like he's like how'd you get on? I'm like I won. He's like did you really? I'm like no, but I won. <laughs> he's like he's like what do you mean? And I was like when I went there six months ago, I couldn't even leave a room and talk to people. Mm. This time round, like someone who's been picked on his entire life, someone who's been victimized his entire life, had the guts to go and get in a ring where he could have been seriously injured. I mean, sometimes if the, if the fighter, if the English, if the um, foreign fighter is capable, they don't hold back. Yeah. I've seen foreign fighters come out of there with like getting stitches ringside and all the rest of it straight after it. So they wouldn't have held back, but they obviously saw my level and, and, and adapted to it. It was a, <clears throat> but still for me, I'm not a risk taker. I even though even though when I'm manic, I am sometimes, but but I'm just not, I'm genuinely not. I'm quite a, I'm like, you know, I've taken the easy option. I've kept myself off. I've tried to keep myself off the radar of the bullies and things and all that stuff. And I turn around to him like, I've, you know, I won, I won. And the fact that I got in there, that was winning for me. That was a victory. Like whether I didn't win the fight, but I won. I like, mm. I, that was a victory for me. And then, and then came home, like instructor was like, mm, 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 not impressed that you did it. Let's not let Master Scan know. <laughs> so when they put me down for my first ever interclub, it's like number of fights zero. It's like let's. Like, it's like, so also, not also, it would sound so much. It would, it would almost. Yeah, your opponents would probably train a little bit harder if you had uh, number of fights one in Thailand. Because even Class though, a. yeah, <laughs> even, even though, even though it's kind of even though it's not you know you didn't win all that kind of stuff it's still the kind of yeah but it was it was in thailand it's that yeah, kind of yeah. it's that thing isn't it i mean yeah i i i had similar experience in terms of um to take on a, a fight i shouldn't have done which is boxing so i i mean i trained in various different martial arts over a number of years um and i can strike i can punch i can kick and i can do them quite well and quite hard however what i hadn't accounted for is how much power and how much usage of my hand is taken away when you put it in a boxing glove. Mm. And I, because I'm a fucking idiot, I was 
the day that I was meant to be training, because this is basically, this is after my wife passed away and it was for a cancer charity. It was one of these um, ultimate white collar. It was the first time yeah. I'd ever done boxing. I'd done other, everything else. It was the first time I'd really done boxing. I mean, I'd kind of done it, but I, you know, um, it's the first time I was meant to be doing it. And I had a fight against a big guy. Now, because I'm a big guy, they just put me against whoever was in that division. The problem was everyone else was tiny and he was bigger. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> I hadn't, basically the the tuesday was when we were going to be training the tuesday was also when i was instructing other people in self-defense and so i went i'll be all right i'll just go and instruct people and i went to like three training sessions now if it had been in a martial art that i knew well or where i was able to play on the things that i could do great But it wasn't. It was that second, really, when I when we were actually going for it, when they uh, when I was training, when they went, right, now put your hand in the glove. And I'm there going, ah, I can't do this the same way anymore. I can't move the same way. I fuck. Uh, <laughs> and then when I go in the ring, and um, so I, 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 I took I took the piss. I, I, my nickname was not the face. That was the kind <laughs> of um, um, and I, I had that on my on my vest. I I came I came out to Barbie Girl. I had pink um, boxing gloves. I was like, I don't fucking care. Um, and I came out, and I always say, for the first twenty seconds, I was winning, <laughs> and then he hit me. <laughs> and it's one of those things where um, he hit like a fucking freight train, and I was. And it's the same thing as you said. It's not pain. It's just impact. Yeah. It's because I'm, especially in normal martial arts, because I'm a big guy and I've trained for thirty years. I'm not used to being on the receiving end of those kind of things. It's just yeah. not, I, I'm, I'm just not used to it because I'm the one that can move and can to, to knock back far, uh, harder. And I'm not, that's not me usually. But of course, as you should always know, if you ever change martial art, and yes, boxing is a martial art. Um, if you ever change martial art, be humble. Don't be a fucking idiot. And so I got <laughs> hit and just went, oh, oh, okay. And I had been warned. Like other people had said, you know, he does hit hard. And they go, yeah. Okay, fine. And you just kind of get knocked back and go, okay, let's try that again. Oh no, fuck. Um, <laughs> this isn't working too well. And I, I got a I got technical knockout. Um, and I I remember getting out of the ring and the, and similar to you in that kind of I've won, but I haven't, because <laughs> my whole my whole thing was like, okay, I've I've lost, but this is for a good cause. And here the guy, because we got on, we were all training together when we did try when well when I did train um and he basically straight after just went that first jab you hit me with nearly broke my nose and I just went I won okay <laughs> that's all I care about because I've gone for the whole idea of I can't punch I can't do anything in these so to then hear like your first jab not even a proper hit, but your first jab nearly broke my nose I'm like oh okay and so that's more than I've done boxing since and I've done better but that first time it was similar to yours well it's like where you were hit on the head is that first time we just gonna go it's that was that that voiceover it, it was then when he realized it was that moment up. that he realized <laughs> that he'd fucked up well it was yeah. it wasn't so much fucked up it's like it's like oh it's like that is it yeah exactly and, <laughs> it's that, and, it's and that's the thing because in training in training it does hurt yeah because you've not got the adrenaline there but in a fight yes. it doesn't and it oh. really hurts afterwards 
Um, oh, yeah. I should have, I should, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and see if I can dig out the picture of what my leg looked like um, afterwards because there's a picture where I'm pulling up like I've got a nice big massive bottle of Chang beer in my head in my, in my hand which was one of the beautiful things about being out there was Chang beer is completely unregulated so you didn't know how strong that beer was until you opened it sometimes <laughs> it like sometimes it'd be like two percent and other times you'd be like what on earth is this it's like 20 <laughs> whiskey in a bottle yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a picture. Now you've only just reminded me of something as well when you said that about what your nickname was. Um, my nickname was War Machine, um, and right. because I had a slight obsession with War Machine from Iron Man. <laughs> Even it's weird because obviously I was the intelligent kid. I wasn't the strong kid, so I probably should have gone with Iron Man rather than War Machine. But I like War Machine because he had the bigger guns. But what I had on my shorts on the front, I in Thai, I had my jip, which means no pain. Um, and on the back, I had my knee ban ha, which means no problem. <laughs> so that, and the other thing, where did I learn this phrase? I didn't learn this phrase. Um, I didn't le- um, learn this phrase in the gym. I learned this phrase getting massages after the gym because it was like, is that painful? One well, jip my no, and I'd be like my jip like, and then I, and then I'll, and then I was like, how do you say no problem? And they'd be like my me ban ha. So I was like my jip my me ban ha because as far as I was concerned, I liked the massages where they walked on you and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like or we put the elbows in. I liked like obviously most of the guys down there were going for like the the, the young girls for the different for different <laughs> reasons and stuff. I'm not saying I didn't do that, um, but. <laughs> But I'd go for like the the old den mother, you know, like the one that's like got the the calloused knuckles and all that. Beat you up, basically. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's like my jip, my me ban ha, which was um, no pain, no problem. And that that was I'd love to say that I developed that alpha mindset from the actual training, but I didn't. I train. I got got it from massages. (laughs) Is it's is it's a weird thing. So I mean, obviously. In, in when when people look at martial arts, especially like boxing, is seen as as a you know uh, big and tough kind of thing. Fighting in Thailand, same kind of uh, same kind of thing, and MMA, same kind of thing. And people kind of go, oh, oh it's the the big hard guy. And it's like, yeah, but it's not it's not necessarily like that. And actually, no. the amount, as we we said, kind of coming from the the Berlin background, the amount of times, the amount of um you know people you can trace back in pretty much any martial art that they've come from bullying or being bullied or something's happened to them and i i said to you before before we started muhammad ali muhammad ali literally um had his bike stolen and was a victim of crime and you know being being picked on and stuff when he was younger and so he got so pissed off with it he decided to take up boxing and he he bumped into um a trainer called joe martin and, um, you know, he's, what are you going to do about it? You know, you've had your bike. And he's went, oh, I'm going to start training. I'm going to straight book, um, start training boxing. And the guy basically said, yeah, go for it. Encouraged him. And then it became Muhammad Ali. And it's just like, you go from, uh, you know, I had my bike stolen and all this kind of stuff to you are known as the greatest. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, people wouldn't necessarily, people would have that kind of thing of he's the alpha male type thing. Yeah. And it's weird to think that actually when people talk about um, bullying, like you were saying, when you went to the second um, school and they found out you've been bullied, oh, well, you know, we can pick them again. It's weird to think that that is the, the background. Like, oh, they were bullied. They were, they were picked on. And they're the, they're the weaker ones to being the one that everyone goes, oh, you know, that's dangerous. It's this. And it's, it is a strange kind of thing. So, I mean, are you, do you feel, obviously there was a massive um, up and down because of, of mental health as well, but um, are you, 
the th- three things are you glad you did it would yeah. you go back and um do you still want to be an instructor uh okay i'm glad i did it yes would i go back and do it again yeah mm. if, I, if i went back i don't think i'd change anything really maybe maybe hopefully, yeah. hopefully how you did it <laughs> maybe get a little bit more prepared for that fight yes. you know <laughs> but i at that fight like I could never apologize for, to my instructor for taking for do it, taking mm-hmm. that fight because that fight means that that yeah. fight that fight is one of the single biggest turning points in my whole life. Yeah. That was the point at which I turned around. I'm like, no, I'm not a victim anymore. I'm not. I'm not, and I'm not settling for that. I'm not having that. I'm, and you know what? I may have not. I don't know if I killed the idea that I was a victim in anybody else's eyes that day, but I killed it in my own head, and I've never felt like one since. Mm. Like, um, do I still want to be an instructor? I would say no, um, for the simple reason that I, 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 this is the, I think I'd have probably been an instructor by now if, if I hadn't have become a personal trainer. Um, because when I became a personal trainer, I was with that. I, I thought, I thought I had it made like the, um, this guy who owned the gym that I, tra- that I trained at close to home bought Tra- used to also train with my instructor and loved mixed martial arts. He trained with him and he trained with a guy um, called Lucio Sergio doing um, doing um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And he decided that he wanted to create a space where his, he, moved his, he wanted to move his gym into a giant warehouse and have enough space to have to move the to move his Muay Thai instructor and his, his BJJ instructor into the building and he pulled it off um so so basically i and then and while i was training at the gym i was doing my personal training qualification and he offered me a job and he's just like he's like when when the new place opens come along um you know you can you can you'll be you um two other people and we'll have a central booking system blah 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 literally none of that happened there <laughs> but but um, but he did i was one of the first three pts in there mm. until people realized he wasn't charging pts any rent to be in there and then we had 20 for a little while uh, all with varying prices some of which were five pound an hour <laughs> I, okay um yeah yeah <laughs> well that was people some people's idea of how to stand out but um basically so i had i would finish work because but what i used to do with um when i was doing my interclub fights and when i was doing my gradings i do i think i do 11 i think i did 11 hours of muay thai a week so i do i do two hours on a monday three hours on a tuesday two on a wednesday no, two on a Friday and, th- and two on a Saturday. So I and I basically I do the fighters classes or the grading classes when gradings were on. Mm. Um, and on a Tuesday, I would do a private lesson at 4.30 till 5.30. Then beginners class would start at six. And I've got one big thing I would always say is keep doing beginners classes, like, you know, drilling the basics. Like you, you end up like it's one of the most knackering classes in the world because if your technique's fluid, like you're not having to recorrect so often. So when when we're doing like, okay, all we're doing is, you know, jab to low kick here. Like when in those five minutes while everyone's doing jab to low kick and the beginners are doing like 10 of them in that time, you're doing 150 of them in that time. So it's um it's a great workout. And plus if it's if you begin if you if your basics aren't right, it's good to keep on top of them. So I'd do basically that and then I'd do a fighters class after that on a Tuesday. And um, that was amazing because on a Tuesday, what I would then do once the, once we all moved into the same building, I'd work from 6 a.m. 
at the in the gym because six till nine in the morning was the three most popular times for, for PT. I'd yeah. then do a gym workout myself after that, fuel up, do my afternoon sessions, which I would stop at four at four o'clock, and then I'd be straight into those three hours of Muay Thai at four thirty. And that was good. That went well for about two months until I thought, oh, I again, I've, I was a new PT and I followed the cliche of how to be a PT and get clients. First of all, I'd gone from being 23 stone six to being 14 stone two that I probably didn't really need to do anything else. Like it's like just literally sharing that story and not being a knobhead about it i've not I've, I've basically saying like this is it this is it so i understand what you're going through as opposed to i did this so you should too there's a mm. you know there's there's two there's two camps of people that come out of those type of weight losses and um, so that probably would have been enough and people didn't want to train with me because of the photo shoot abs and all the rest of that but I was like, oh, I'm going to get myself on a 16-week training plan with a more advanced trainer. I'm going to learn everything about their plans so that I become a better trainer, and I'm also going to put myself through this as well. Mm. So the combined thing of the extra hours of working, being in the gym, because before that I was in a recording studio, like moving microphones around didn't take much energy. Um, yeah. If anything, by the end of the day, I've been sat at a mixing desk all day. I was pretty, much, I was pretty antsy to be out there and moving. But being stood on my feet, didn't realize just how much being stood up all day I actually contributed towards how hungry or how tired I got. And I just thought whilst I was basically, I said, I basically said I was going to give up Muay Thai for those 12 weeks whilst mm. I was doing, whilst I was doing the photo shoot, never went back. And that's a regret. That is a regret big time because one of the things I never went back from, I was trying to do, I've got, I've got some lower back issues that weren't really diagnosed or they're still not fully diagnosed now, but like my Muay Thai instructor, obviously, you know, <laughs> was always like the reason your lower back's hurting or like is, is cause of your squats. Um, and I'm like, and, and I was like, nah, it's, I think I'm just doing too much in general. He's like, well, just stop doing all this weights. It's not going to help you in Muay Thai and blow and all the rest of yeah. it. And I loved doing the weights. I loved, I loved getting jacked, you know, like, like, <laughs> like I, I, it's a, it's a genuine miracle. I've never used performance enhancing drugs because I really freaking love being jacked. Mm. And, um, I think the only reason I never used them is because I wanted to be a good influence to people. I wanted to be able to say I've done this naturally and like, and not be like, like not be a personal trainer that I'd be like, okay, you, you want to achieve what I'm achieving. Cool. Here's the diet plan. Here's the exercise plan. And here's the supplement regime, you know? Yeah. And that's the only thing. And now that I'm not a PT anymore, I don't know why I haven't done it now. I don't know. Maybe I'm worried that it'll set off my mental health, but um, <laughs> you'll, you'll see me in about six months, just being like, being like Rick and Summer at the end of that episode with the, <laughs> the devil. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Rick and Morty, if anyone's wondering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I really love being like, you know, my legs getting bigger and getting stronger and all the rest of it. I've got, and, um, and I love, I loved all that. So I didn't want to give up the weights. And then when I gave up Muay Thai, all the hip pain went all the lower back pain went. So it clearly wasn't the squats. It probably was the combination of the two disciplines. Um, but my brain was like, well, it's that. And it, in that period, I just, I ended up working until late on, um, ended up working until late on a Tuesday, like because I, because I gave up Muay Thai instead of, and I, I start, I filled that time in with clients. And this is, this is again, if, if I could go back and change a few things, one, I wouldn't have taken on anywhere near as many clients in my first year of being a PC. I was just so eager for my business to succeed and to, and to, and to do well that I took on, I took on so many clients. I was knackered during the photo shoot. And then after the photo shoot, I just took on more clients and then once I took on the more clients, I was too knackered to even do my workouts in the gym. 
So about a year after that, like if someone, but I, I ended up and literally going into my calendar and booking in time, or that's where I ended up starting CrossFit because I had to be there for classes at a different gym that was away from my working environment. And, um, so I had to start booking in time in my, in my calendar so that when someone said to me, like, oh, can you do this session? Then I'd look at it and I'd be like, no, I've got something in there. And that took forever for me to do that because, as you well know about me, I will give everything to everybody else before I give to me. Um, you know, I should be pouring from this glass, but I try to pour from this one. Um, for anyone who's just listening to this, I had a half full pint glass. Optimism, um, and I had an em- a fully empty pint glass. Realism, um, but but yeah. So that so I never really got back into it. I don't think now. I still. I've still got all, I've still got my gloves. I've still got my shin pads. I've still got, um, it's in the shed and it's a little bit battered now, but I've still got a freestanding bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I still play with the idea. Like I can sit cause now the lower back problems got worse. I think I've got, I've, it's, I still need to get an MRI and stuff, but I think I've got a slip disc because I get, I get nerve problems down my right leg. Um, sciatica. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's intermittent. I can, it, it came on whilst running and whilst training for the Manchester marathon, but I've done four marathons since then. Um, and it, it, it comes and goes. And the last time weirdly it came on, I was doing chest press in the gym. I don't, I don't do any free weights anymore because of it. And um, because that really exacerbates it. So I only do machine weights, which is why, which is one of the big reasons I've not done. We've got weights at home. My wife's been using them every bloody single day. Um, it's like, she's still jacked. It's not funny, but, um, but I, I, I can do a few things. I can do some curls and I can do some shoulder presses and stuff, but I do rely on machines a lot. So I don't know how things would hold up. It could be fine. It could be fine. You know, I've not, I've not thrown a punch or a kick. Literally having this conversation has made me want to just, when we finish this, go and just see if I can still roll, if I can still shadow box. What I was going to say is the temptation, is it to kind of go, oh, I'll get back. Cause I mean, I know for instance, I mean, like I say, I started judo when I was four. That was my first martial art when I was four years old. Um, but I was doing it for years. And so when I was nine, 10 years old, I was still doing it. Um, I changed um, in instructor. I changed uh, sensei between like six and seven or something. But the guy that um, taught me, um, Roger Payne sensei, hello. Um, he's still training. And I, I constantly think, because I, I haven't trained in judo for a while now. I've trained in, in um, uh, BJJ, in uh, JJJ, which is the proper one come at me bjj um <laughs> uh because bjj just didn't seem to hold up against my judo against blue belts when i was starting so um <laughs> that's simple um but then i've trained other things muay thai and and more stand-up stuff and i i, I really kind of go i should go back and i like okay it's a different county from where i am now but it's only i don't know 80 miles like People in America do that just as a standard thing to get to get out of the neighborhood to go and do something. So I'm like, yeah. I could do that. It's it might because I'm not from this county. I'm from I'm from West Sussex originally. So I'm like, I could just go down there. He now has a like a properly fitted. It's no longer in the primary school where I first learned it. You know, it's in a proper dojo that he's had created. It's the same guy. You know, it's the same ethos. Everything is the same. I still remember. I still have the you know the innate muscle memory of certain things. I still know how to break fall. Although for some of my um, martial arts friends, I know it's not as good as yours. Specifically, just because you hate being called sensei, Tom Davy sensei, I'm well aware, but you do it for a living. I, you know, um, he's, he's, 
he's a fight he's a fight um specialist in films and tv so he has to fall over for a living um but i get up from it but the thing is i've still got that so i'm always in the back of my head going why don't i go back you know i'm still fighting like i'm still it's not like i've even stopped why don't i just go back because like you say it's the fundamentals like i getting the fundamentals down i could just go right i'll go back get get this better again get this better again and really just push it and then go a bit further in judo and you know it's it'd be interesting to to see um and it'd also be interesting to see what my response would be similar to yours of like if you go back now when it's been a while yeah you know, it hasn't been as long for you with um moito as it has for me with judo but to go back in in that and kind of go oh do i now feel the same about this because is this you know, I mean, I, I, I got bullied a lot as a, a kid as well. And I just always had martial arts in the background. So I, I got, you said about getting suspended. I got detention and got told off a few times because I was the big guy as well, you know, and people pick on me and then I'd- it's Bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, you know, they'd pick on me and then I'd put them through a chair and then suddenly I'm the bad guy. I'm like, well, they shouldn't have fucking hit me. Um, but, you know, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing, but it'd be interesting to go back and see, because I'd love to see, I'd love to be able to go back and go, great this is how i remember it this is nostalgia brilliant you know i used to go with my sister me yeah. and my sister me and my sister went at the same time we did judo straight afterwards we did aikido um and then we kind of went from there and actually looking at my old um my old uh, dojo my old dojo and the, the old club because he's the i believe the sole representative in england as definitely europe potentially of a japanese house so it's very he's recognized by both sides of um british judo and he's an Olympic trained um, coach. Um, and I've looked at all the of all the kind of Euro- European champions, British team. And I'm there going, shit, if I'd have just stuck it out a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, because there's people that I trained with who w- made the British team. And I'm there going, you fuckers, I beat you in fights. I beat you. It's like, obviously, you got better, but God damn it. Um, and it's, it's interesting to kind of go, should I go back? So is there that? pull for you or is it just a kind of release or do you do you think no i, I should genuinely go miss it i miss yeah. it and um one of the things that i started doing because i i moved out of that gym um from being a pt yeah like a like two years before i finished as a pt um for the simple reason that the gym itself it just had loud bumping techno music on from 6 a.m until 10 p.m <laughs> Yeah. like yeah. the 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 as i said none of the things that were promised to us ever happened we ended mm-hmm. up with this 20 trainers in there even when he introduced the money a bunch of them just still carried on and um, there was no there was no you like there was no kind of nothing but then obviously my the muay thai gym was directly above it on a mezzanine floor so you that pumping thumping techno music and it didn't have its own changing rooms anymore so you have to come down all the way through the gym use the changing rooms and I can't walk, I couldn't walk through that gym without people stopping and chatting to me and all, and all the rest of it because I worked there for three years. Yeah. Um, and then me and the, the me and the owner, I, I thought we left on good terms, but apparently we didn't because um, I found out a year later that someone had gone in there looking for me. And he said he didn't even know who I was. <laughs> and I was like, is, I was like, is this the guy? I showed a picture and she was like, yeah, that's the guy. He said he doesn't know you. And I'm like, and she said, I only found you from here because you changed your address on Instagram. And, um, and, uh, basically I then, when I went to find him, found out that he'd unfriended me on Facebook, you know, the most passive aggressive way to tell someone <laughs> you don't want in your life. So I didn't, and, and then I kind of went back a few times like to, cause the, my sports therapist was actually renting a room out of that gym as well. My barbers is still in that gym. So I'll be going back there next week when I go to get my haircut. But, um, 
but there's an there's a separate entrance from a barber's but if i need to pee when i go to the barber's the only toilet in the whole place is the one that you have to traipse through the gym for and all the rest of it so it was just it became there was no separation of kind of church and state really it's like mm. i would really recommend people like like it sounds so good having it all in the one place and it probably is good for the guy who owns the gym because he gets to do everything his way but it's like it's not like having separate spaces for things um but I do still consider going back and I wouldn't be trained. My, my old instructor does, uh, my old instructor, I think still owns it, but I don't think he trains anybody there. Um, because at at literally the same time I started training, there were two, two people, um, that started training at the same time. And they are, they are both the embodiment of one person that things come natural to and one person that gets to where he wants through hard work and you could literally see it happening and the names are ad woods and jack kennedy um i might i should try and see if i can get you in touch with jack i think he'd come on and chat he's um he's he's been the number two in his weight class so i recognize that name he's um he's fought um he's fought panikos and he's fought um uh, he's fought some really big um really big tie fighters and i don't mean the ones from star yeah. wars <laughs> he's, just he's, looked he's, him up i yeah i recognize him I yeah recognize so him, yeah. so me and jack start me and jack actually were in we're in the, we're in the mixed martial arts gym together that was right, like okay. i met I, I met him and his little brother eric eric brew he's like eric brew is a prime example of um and a, and a younger kid again well, i'll say younger he's now he's now probably 23 or something his name is jason o'hara uh, jack and a jack and ad which we collectively called JD for a while because they, they were literally inseparable. AD was the kind of like, like comes out to Bob Marley, is just chilled, turns up to training like half as much time as Jack, but just seems to just effortlessly progress. He was just so loose. Like yeah. he was just loose, everything. And then Jack was one, honestly, he is like, I've never seen a more hardworking person than Jack. And then Jack, even though Eric is his little brother, Eric was like Mr. Natural and then Jason was Mr. Hard Work. So in their generation. Um, and now basically those those guys, I'm not sure if AD still 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 like actually again, he's just still treat teaches because he's probably just too laid back to teach. But Jack Jack runs the teaching over there now. Um, so yeah, I do consider going back, like because he's he's an absolute he's an absolute beast. I've had my ass handed me to, to me by, and I'm I'm thirty kilos on him, you know. Like mm. I've had my ass handed to me by him, and he and I started literally at the same time. So that was that was kind of it was it, I, it was frustrating start at the same time as him and AD because obviously. I, I you tell yourself all these limits and beliefs, you know, like oh yeah, I'm I'm older than they are, therefore like I'm, the muscle <laughs> memory's longer and all the rest of it. I'm, I was obvious. I was 130 kilos when I started, and I was 90 kilos when I when I fought, you know. But still, then I think 80 was a. I think 80 was 74, and Jack fought in high 60s. So like you know, even when I was 90 kilos, I was still slow. I, for, for like I was still slow around them. Um, but, but yeah, so I do still consider it like I've, I've kept the stuff for that reason. And when I, when I changed gym, we didn't have all, we didn't have as much like, like equipment as like for, for kind of like finishes and stuff. I know finishes are a pile of bullshit, by the way, they don't really do anything apart from make a person at the end of the session go, Oh, that was good. And, and which is, which is actually good. If that's what a person feels like at the end of the session, they feel pumped up and they're more ready to come back for the next session. That's cool. They don't do as much as the world says they do. So for, for the finishers, I would often do um, pad work with, mm. with my clients. 
and they loved that they absolutely loved that and and some and then one of them towards the end of when i was a pt i was like how would you like to try some sparring and um and oh, we only did boxing we didn't it wasn't we didn't do any didn't any do well actually we did a, no we only we, we did some elbows and some knees on the pads but in sparring we didn't do any knees or elbows and we didn't do any kicks whatsoever mm. but oh god i loved it I was just like, I was just like, mm-mm. and I can, I can, I can sit here now and feel, I can feel every single movement of how to throw a hook, everything, everything, how to throw an uppercut. I can feel those movements in like in my muscles now as if they want to pop out of me. So yeah, there's, I definitely think, I definitely think there's an opportunity. I was, I was only thinking, of, and it's, I, this wasn't really, I think this was, was related to the podcast. Maybe it was, maybe you just put the idea in my head on Saturday, on Sunday night. But um, I was listening to Joe Rogan and, uh, and um, it's not Ariana Grande, it's not Dua Lipa, Demi Lovato. There we go. I always get the three of them mixed up, even though they're the nothing alike. Not exactly. <laughs> the names, their looks, their songs, nothing alike. They've all, they've all got black hair. There we go. That's <laughs> but um, and they were they were talking about jujitsu, and I was like, I wonder if I'd ever if it like I wonder if my back would be okay with that, and I wonder if I'd ever get into jujitsu because like again with now that I'm in a completely different place, i.e. like I don't mind going to group classes, I don't mind kind of being the worst or whatever, I don't mind any of that stuff now, like just mm. not bothered. Like I wouldn't mind if people were watching me while I was learning technique from scratch. You know, if anything, I actually quite like the idea of that. I've considered with streaming learning something from scratch on stream just so people can see me fail a thousand times like because i think i think we need that we need to see more of that you know we need to see oh absolutely i was gonna sorry to cut you off i was just gonna quickly because i know my students do this all the time and i bring this up as many podcasts as i can purely so that my students will learn eventually um the amount of times i've had people go um oh yeah but i just want to be able to do it i'm like you've been doing it you've been training it for an hour yeah but you can do it yeah because i've been doing it for 30 years like i I remember saying to someone who was like they were like 18 and they're like yeah but I, I've, I've been doing it like why can't i just do it you can just do it and i'm like yeah but i've fucked this up since before your parents met like to put that in perspective <laughs> that is how like when i was when i was <laughs> like started training this not only were you not a twinkle in your dad's eye, but your dad didn't know what your mother's name was. That's when I was <laughs> fucking this up. Like, <laughs> you've got to remember the difference. And there's so many people that are just going to go, oh, yeah, but you can just do it. And, and you saying about one of um, one of those guys there that just kind of can just do it and just naturally able to do it. And, you know, that's what a lot of people, I think, in general, uh, we get fucked up. He with. still put a lot of work in. I yeah, think. yeah. But, 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 and, and I don't want, I don't want to kind of just like make it feel like he never put no, the no. work in. But he put hot, like, but this, and I don't want anyone out there thinking that they can get yeah. anything without putting any work in. But work's not linear. Like, no, some of us all. will, some of us will develop at different paces, and that's that's okay. Oh yeah. Um, the, it's there's a whole video on my YouTube saying, you know, basically. Um, something along the lines of fear of starting because you don't want to suck at things mm. and it's it's so true here's the th- and here's the thing you're gonna you're gonna oh, suck yeah. at it now yeah. you can suck at it now and then get and then get better over the next six years or you can spend the next six years waiting and then suck at it in six years time and i say this to my son all the time he wants to get into writing directing all that i'm like write some stories like but they're going to be bad i'm like yeah no <laughs> and i'll be kind when i when i read them but um but they will they'll be the worst ones you've ever done and they're supposed to be because you learn by doing yeah. the process you learn from the failure exactly. you, you know i mean that they, was one thing actually my my instructor used to joke about with me he said he's like he's like gotta hand it to you 
um, you, you, you fail quite regularly, but you always fail in a different way. So like <laughs> I, I, I cock it up and it's like, he's like, you've messed up this combo like 15 times now, but it's always been a different mess up. And I'm like, well, that proves that I'm trying differently though, at least. So, yeah. and so, yeah, I, yeah I, I think, I think there's, um, I think there's room for it. Like there's, there's definitely, I also love, um, I've not been, I've been self-trained for a for a while now. And I don't mean in martial arts. I mean, like my runs, they're self-programmed. My, mm-hmm. my gym workouts, they're self-programmed. I, I always pushed back towards like, once I got to a certain level of, oh, I shouldn't need a teacher now. I shouldn't need an instructor now, but I do re- I, like half an hour, an hour, 90 minutes, two hours disappears for me when I'm under someone's instruction. Yeah. And I work that bit harder. And no matter what I've tried so far, I've been able to get myself into that zone a few times, but not very often. Um, and especially with running, that zone happens after about three miles and then my brain finally switches off from the fact that everything kills. But um, I think I would definitely like like to be, um, I'd definitely like to go back, get some instruction done um, and just... Even if it is, and I was I was considering it this morning. Like, what if I just did if I just did boxing only? There's 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 um they've got a couple of just boxing coaches there. They've got an MMA coach there now because obviously they've diversified the gym, brought it into the 21st century. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, which bit would I do? And it it'd be sweet. It'd be cool going and doing a, a private with Jack and um. You know, we'd have a load of old, we'd have a load of cool stuff to catch up on as well because we spent spent five years training together. Like, mm. you know know him know him pretty damn well and but he's he was already um he was already kind of close to headline on york hour events when when i stopped training so and since then he's 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 been a headliner he's he's won title fights he's done all sorts and he, he's still as from from what i know because i asked him to be on my podcast once and he said yeah but we never actually ended up following up on it this is when my, my original project podcast wasn't about just mindset it was about progress and performance in all directions yeah um and then, and then once once it became about mental health and mindset, I kind of didn't see the link at first. It's probably still there, but um, it would it'd be good. I'd I'd would absolutely though love to um I'd love to go back and train with my original trainer. I don't know if he still does any lessons. I might I might see if he does, for the simple reason that that first year coming both going into when I was suicidal and then coming out of that. I don't think he quite realizes that having having those appointments booked in my calendar every single week with him, like the, the classes I could I could take or leave, but I did two privates a week to, to cut the costs a little bit. I um, I shared my Friday private with a Swedish guy called Andre, um, who was again half my weight but a little wiry bastard. Um, he was Swedish, but he definitely had a Welsh accent, <laughs> and. Um, and so I'd basically, so those two things I would never not turn up for. Like, yeah. those, and if, if I was already there for the two hours, the hour on the Tuesday, I was definitely turning up for the. I think if I'd have just signed up, even with a, yeah, okay, you've got X amount of classes a week, um, you know, that you can come to. I reckon that X, I reckon that I'd been like one of those sleeping memberships that I'd never go and use the class for. But having those one to ones and having the fact that sometimes, sometimes we um you know we'd go hard on the pads other times he'd see that i wasn't in that mood and we'd sit and have a brew and um and he didn't know about mental health he didn't know what to say to me about like when when my depression was really really bad but he was he was absolutely one of the people that kept me going so i'd love to 
I'd, I'd probably cry on him telling him that because you know what I'm like. But, <laughs> like, but um, I would love. To, I've I've sent I've sent him a nice. I've sent him a message to the to that effect since since then, just saying you know just wanted to thank you for like getting me through those first couple of years because I don't think I think without Muay Thai, without that to hold on to. Yeah, and I think that's that's important as well. Like we say, because this is um, we look at it brilliant, but obviously there's there's other factors as well to why you were bullied to things that have come out of bullying um and everything around around that and also i mean i i did a um a stream on twitch um if anyone hasn't seen the details for mine and dave's twitch will be below um at the other week we're both exceptional (laughs) (laughs) um so i mean i did a i literally did a stream on um martial arts and mental health and there is there's so much data like I, I, I basically, when I did the stream, I had open um, the the links because I'd, um, I'd had I'd, I'd basically made it in Word, so I had it in front of me to go right. This this is this this is it. so much research of um, you know self confidence in better body image in better body realization in um, friendships in anxiety everything. There's so many things there in martial arts because you know getting to that like you say for you. Um, when you when you fought in in thailand it was a it was a push of different things you know um relationship gone okay well there's nothing stopping me here and it's it's a great goal it's something to to aim for and then obviously with um, the person you knew um dying in a in a um in an accident out there it's like well okay you know anything could happen why don't i just go for it and there's so many things about it that um that can kind of really push you to do it and martial arts just so helpful for for mental health, for for bullying. It's probably why, as we said earlier, there are so many people who were bullied as kids who become martial artists. I'm, in fact, I think I've even seen stuff like people like Conor McGregor, who you wouldn't expect it from because of the bravado he puts out, but I'm sure I've seen stuff on Conor McGregor. Um, there's certainly stuff on like Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua was um, uh, was basically doing doing or or, or doing stuff around drugs when he was younger and he got bullied and he was in a really rough spot so he turned to boxing to kind of change himself um even though i hate the bastard uh, tyson fury um you know he came from because he went to a private school i mean he's not a fucking gypsy um he came from a private he came from a private school um so he was actually bullied on both sides by people that, like from normal society who bullied him for being a gypsy and by some of the gypsies for not being a gypsy. So it's- That's weird because one of the things I was picked on about when I first, the only, I say the only thing I was picked on about when I, when I came out of Liverpool mm. was I want, I kind of, in order to fit in, this is why my accent's so dull really is the fact that um, in order to fit in in Southport, I dulled down my accent, which basically mm. the easiest way to do it is just soften your T's and K's, which means swear words aren't as fun because obviously fuck great in a <laughs> shit um but in a wool which means woolly back in a wool accent it's it's for and shit shit mm. it's not it's like shit is like s-h-i-h it's not even it's not even a t on the end of it and um because obviously the few people point i wouldn't say anyone ever picked on it but my my accent got pointed out a bit and i was hypersensitive to kind of to i i, I definitely wouldn't say i was picked on there was one time in my school in um in in Southport that one person tried to get to pick on me and I was just like you can just fucking try if you want and he backed right off because I, I had I'd, by that point I'd had chewing gum put in my hair like the year before in school so that I'd started shaving my head by that point to get over the chew, like to get rid of the chewing gum we had to shave my head and then I just kept my head like shaved down to like a two 
Mm. Um, and I had a thick Scouse accent. So no one in that school was, everyone in that school was just like, right, well, we'll, uh, we'll just be nice to him. And this one person, who again was a little one with a bunch of mates behind him, um, was like, it was like, oh yeah, I'll just fucking take you down or whatever. And I was just like, you can fucking try, but you won't. And he was just like, oh, I was just messing. Just messing. <laughs> it's and, that um, confidence, isn't it? It's that confidence it brings you from doing stuff like that. Yeah, but um, the only thing that anyone ever really commented on there was, was oh my god, that accent or whatever, you know. Like, and um, and then whenever I went back to see my friends in Liverpool, they'd be like, you sound like a fucking wool. What's going on? What's going on? You sound like a mank sometimes. They'd be like, I, I and guess. Mank, mank is the number one swear word in Liverpool. <laughs> Man- Man- someone from Manchester. I mean, Mancunian <laughs> is just Liverpool, but duller generally it is. I mean, that's what I think. Just to oh, point out. Oh, sound any for the like. <laughs> for anyone that's listening, by the way, before anyone else points out, I am well aware that at the age of 11, um, Fury left school and went tarmacking the roads i'm talking about beforehand um because oh, so he was in private school before he was in private school in primary was he yes yeah oh, okay as far as i know from that and please if anyone out there um knows better please do correct me from but from what i know that is the case and he did get bullied for that um and he chose to go tarmacking the roads at 11 which okay but yeah he he he's from traveler descent rather than actually yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that Tyson Fury has said in the past is why I have issue. But I also realise Tyson Fury does suffer from mental health issues. However, that's an explanation. It's not an excuse for being an arsehole. Um, <laughs> I thought you said everyone's an arsehole and we don't need an excuse. Well, yeah, but there's, there's an extra <laughs> level of being an arsehole. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't. I like. I don't. I don't. I know he's obviously spoken out about depression and everyone. It's one of those things. You like when you say you're from somewhere. Oh, you must know such and such or whatever. If I because I because I speak out about depression and mental health everyone thinks that i must have watched every mental health documentary or know everyone's <laughs> mental health story i ain't got a clue like yep. i've never watched tyson fury fights i'm not a boxing fan i was always more interested i was more interested in thai boxing but i never liked watching it i'd go to the fights to watch my friends fight and mm. then in the fights that i wasn't interested in, in interested in i could sit there for hours waiting for a friend to fight yeah i mean i i, I, I watch i watch boxing but I, i'm not as as i'm not a fan of it because he's he said very misogynistic things he said very homophobic things and like i say i since he's come out as having depression and um, you know uh, abuse issues as with um, alcohol and things like that, it's all forgiven and that kind of pisses me off. I'm like, no, that's not that's no, you don't get a free pass just because you have mental health issues. That is a, a reason that you may have done it. It is not an excuse as to why you did it. That's yeah. two different things. So um, if anyone, if, if, I mean, the fans aren't going to do anything. And to be perfectly honest, from the looks of it, Tyson Fury has actually started to turn himself around. So I doubt he has an issue with this. And your fans fuck off um <laughs> i don't care um it's you know it's it's the case that people need to to realize things like that anyway um my point actually was before i went on to a rant about that came out of fucking nowhere this um, is what happens when people, you and i talk yes, it does yeah <laughs> but the, the point is you know people like Tyson Fury suffered from bullying and suffered from from being um you know people having to guide him throughout his career almost so turned to something like that to go against it you know Muhammad Ali turned to something to go against it, it, it it's that thing it definitely has a, a, a massive correlation between distress and going forward and I think people take the wrong the wrong thing away from it like I think a lot of people assume that your people in martial arts are like your first jiu-jitsu instructor yeah. it's like where you go to be the alpha male and that's it you know that's that's it mate you go you fucking go in that gym and you sort yourself out it's, like, it's not like that you know it's not unusual to hear someone in a martial arts dojo sound like me. <laughs> you know, that's not a weird thing, but I don't necessarily sound like someone that's going to be in a street fight. 
but it's just the it's just the way it is you know it's people come from different reasons and i think that's something we should definitely push i mean um the the podcast before this so obviously this comes out every um fortnight on spotify and youtube hello again um but if any of you haven't watched it or if you have the last episodes um which was the first one to duly go out on youtube and spotify uh, was with andrew pierce who um is a capoeira uh, player and we both kind of said actually we think martial arts should be introduced in schools because there's a there's as well as being something there for the kids and so it helps against and things like that there's also respect that's there yeah like i've i've cannot think of a time when i was bullied in my dojo ever unless you include one of my one-on-one instructors smacking me around the head every time i did something wrong but that was in a jovial way um <laughs> like i don't i can't remember i mean that was a muay thai instructor by the way it was very old school where you like, oh you did it wrong smack um okay um <laughs> but uh old school seems to be a way to kind of like brush things under the carpet it is it? and i yeah i mean i like so, I, I remember doing this. We're talking to um, my my um, my my sister's um, uh, child um, a while ago about this because they do um, they do Muay Thai and various things like that. And um, I was like, okay, why don't you come and train with me? I was like, but I may train a bit harsher than you do with the stuff I do because I train more in self defense and stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And then I started to describe what my training like was like as I grew up. And she was like, they sorry, they were like. Um, maybe not <laughs> i was like yeah because you started training after the 2000s i started training in the 80s and <laughs> we were still running off the fact that bruce lee was a thing almost in the 80s so um but it's yeah i mean i think it really does help and i think the respect that that's that's pushed so much in proper martial arts and you know this is the thing of i have issue with certain martial arts because i think they ignore the respect side of it but yeah. i think you get the the proper martial arts you know you have as you say um, muay thai and hey i'm going to give credit to bjj i have never shook the hand of every single person in a class beginning and end of the class outside of a bjj class bjj it was the start and the finish you're in you shake hands with everyone okay we're in it together good right we're a family and then you carry on you know although it's not my favorite martial art it's absolutely has that attitude to it judo has that attitude uh, muay thai you know um boxing very much i mean it's very combative but actually whenever i've seen boxing it's just kind of you're all there hungry for the same thing even in the most competitive nature you're still kind of we want the same thing it doesn't matter whether we're going to get in the ring together you know you're still you know even i mean you can you can see it actually quite clearly with um aj and tyson fury like the, the, their fans seem to fucking hate each other but <laughs> they train together they've sparred together i think actually um tyson fury helps aj train for his fight against klitschko like yeah. they're, they're genuinely behind the scenes they're actually quite friendly like it's because it's it's a community and i think that's that's in a lot of martial arts you get that respect yeah it, yeah well in, in in muay thai um you have something called the y crew uh, mm. And the why is literally just, you know, a bow. Um, mm. But to your crew, crew being your, your name is your instructor. But there would also, um, there's there's also a sort of ceremonial dance at the beginning yes. of a lot of fights. Not everyone does it, but it's called the Ram Moy. And um, I loved them. I, again, I could, I could probably do the ones that I did still now, apart from the one where you have to kind of do a one-legged squat while you're drawing an arrow, because I don't think I could do the one-legged squat right now. Um, but 
but basically it's a it was it was part of the tradition where originally from before there were rings and the rings were actual rings of yeah. circular rings and you know dust it'd be a plate because you you address all four corners and you suppose of, of the of the ring or the the arena or whatever it might be and it was originally supposed to be an idea to kind of get yourself into flow get yourself moving because there's all this kind of movement steps and kind of like and stuff and um that was one of the things that like some people just thought oh this is a kind of corny bit of tradition or whatever and i was just like no the idea of it is you're supposed to be doing it to show respect to your teacher um like it is like you're showing respect to your teacher you're actually showing respect to each in in the arena you're showing respect to every single fan that is in Mm. there as well whether they're rooting for you or not um, but the other thing you were supposed to be doing was looking out for where the ways were to escape should uh, all the people that are betted against you when you win come looking for you genuinely because gambling was a huge part of it in um obviously in the villages and stuff in Thailand it's like the kids over there they're like they're the breadwinners <laughs> like the kids that are fighting like over there are the breadwinners and the, the, mm. the career and it's significantly short until obviously they become an instructor but um yeah it's it was um i loved doing that i loved the respect part but the word i suppose i would i wanted to get into two things two words that i got out of it one was empowerment i felt empowered like i'd I'd gone from feeling victim i'd gone from feeling like unsure of my own abilities but i felt i felt okay i like i think i think that we are built to get better at things whether that's a martial art, whether that's playing a musical instrument, whether that's baking, I think people think that the idea of just pr- progression, like I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's just a capitalist propaganda and it's just made to, the, to make you pay for more for things and buy more things and all this to it. This, the, the, the hedonic treadmill, I don't think that's it. I think genuinely kind of the process of mastery of getting, of, of getting better at something teaches people self-efficacy. And um, practically every single depressed man i've ever told i've ever spoken to feels incapable in one way or another like they you know usually once the depression kicks in you lose certain capabilities you lose the capability to look after yourself or to clean or whatever it might be mm-hmm. so so again this was something i can do this today um i and then the second word would be would be discipline that was what i was really looking for i knew i was looking for discipline i'm not a particularly disciplined person if i'm perfectly honest but I was looking for that discipline. I kind of, I, I was looking for that. Okay, you need to do this, and especially like when it came from an instructor, um, I wouldn't let the instructor down. And I knew that I was. It's I'm I'm something that's called an obliger. I find it much easier to meet other people's expectations. So if other people put expectations on me, that's actually beneficial for me as long as too many of them aren't doing it at the same time, which at which point it becomes unbearable for me. But like to meet this one person's expectations and like this, this training for this time, he was the one who said to me, you know, in order to get you, you're in super heavyweight category now, which is, is limitless, which so 91 kilos and up is like, it's 105 up, I think in boxing, but in Muay Thai, 91 kilos and up, which is 14 stone and up is, is your super heavyweight category, which means I could be fighting someone. I could be 191 kilos and fighting someone that's 130. Yeah. You know, and they could have been 130 full of pure muscle, not the 130 that I was when I was 130. <laughs> so, so he's like, we need to get you to 90 kilos. Um, he's like, otherwise, you, you know, you're, you're inviting trouble. <laughs> and I didn't find it hard getting to 90 kilos when he wanted me to. 
mm. like when that was a necessity and um and it yeah i want that that discipline like i didn't like i wouldn't say i found any of that as hard as when the discipline's not there when the discipline's there and i i call it momentum a lot of the time because obviously once this discipline's very hard to initiate but once you get into momentum with discipline it's it's much easier to maintain and um yeah the two things that, that that's the big thing i think that like martial arts gave to me yeah i mean like i say when you look at it in schools the idea of it in schools i think that's where the discipline it, it because it, it just it breeds a certain mindset because yeah. you know if we if we look at you know all let's let's go with the um with the daily mail and their kind of headlines of everything that's wrong with the country um it's usually i mean it's usually bullshit but um because the daily mail uh, you know we could list off well, actually pretty much every paper is bullshit um but uh, tabloid anyway um all papers are bullshit just some papers are more bullshit than others to go orwellian on it <laughs> oh and you know if you have a copy of the sun just burn it um oh, yeah. especially if you're a scouser <laughs> well yeah i was kind of thinking that um but you know the, the discipline when when we look at that kind of oh well this is you know all the there's something wrong with the kids all this kind of day well yeah because there's no we we don't allow them to one be kids um, because we we push them to be better but at the same time we then try and throw them back to be kids we, we seem to throw them back and forth at the same time whereas if you have something like martial arts it allows them to have the playtime you can you do have the kind of the playtime in, in martial arts you know sparring when it's done properly you you can have that kind of play when you're doing pad work you can have that kind of play i'm well aware there's other instructors that are just w- uh, watching or listening to this now just going no but um <laughs> with me you do have the play um but at the same time you have the discipline you do as you're told you know uh i know i mean i'm very obviously i i, I only teach in self-defense now rather than uh, martial arts because i was doing um uh, by titsu which is a great martial art if anyone wants to look it up um and also again talking about fun Bartitsu, I think I said this in the last podcast, uh, martial arts podcast as well, is that Bartitsu, for instance, if you did that for kids, you could do it as a lot of people in America do as a steampunk thing, because it's a Victorian martial art, because it basically, it almost died out. It was kind of kept in the background. People do still train in Victorian get up. <laughs> so you can have that fun. You can make it into a project for kids of like, oh, dress up like a Victorian thing. And, you know, you get this and the, the empowerment you get out of certain martial arts. I mean, again, Bartitsu. Um, helped the uh, suffragette movement because uh, what became suffragitsu, which was basically how um, women used to protect themselves against the um, police and, you know, just random people have a fucking go at them, um, mm. was because they, um, the, the people that trained them had been trained in the dojo in Soho, which was E.W. Barton Wright, Bartitsu's creator's um, original dojo in Soho. So I it, wish you know, I had your memory retention. <laughs> <laughs> so Bartitsu was literally, although it's known as the gentleman's martial art and that probably comes from the fact that it, it it's it's the martial art of which sherlock holmes is um in canon proficient in um it's oh. actually it's actually the, you know one of the reasons that a lot of women didn't get the, the shit kicked out of them because it gave empowerment so if you can give empowerment to that kind of movement 
it can certainly do it for, for children. Yeah, the, the Sherlock Holmes, it's written in canon because um, the creator of Bartitsu and Arthur Conan Doyle used to write on the same paper together. So when Arthur Conan Doyle needed an excuse to be able to bring him back, he stole the martial arts. Went, hey, it was this. This is the reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you know, it, it does give empowerment and it can give fun, but it can also give discipline. You know, when I do the, the, the self-defense stuff, I'm very, I'm very harsh. I'm not as kind of laid back as I would be if I was teaching a martial arts class. And um, I spoke about this again in, in the last um, um, podcast is that if you're not going to do something I tell you to do, get the fuck out there's no there's no there's no you know oh well i don't no that don't, i don't care i'm your instructor that is it this is my insurance this is my reputation i am not here to um i don't need i, I made this point and uh, it's why some people stuck around i have a reputation in the field um and and the people that i want a reputation around um in self-defense i know that if somebody asks around self-defense in my area martial artists not soccer mums martial artists will put into facebook go and see adam mm-hmm. that's who i have the reputation with. i and i'm i have a I, i'm a member of an international body as a founder of so, so i do not need validation from school kids that have just got into university so yeah. you know fuck off if you're gonna do that but <laughs> in martial arts they will have that reinforcement and they will let you get away with things but slowly it starts to move so yeah. it's not like you're going in as an adult and it's just a kind of don't fuck about you're an adult, piss off. It is the kind of bit by bit, right, now you pay attention here. Now you did. I mean, meditation. We're both meditation teachers, um, mm-hmm. although I have a very different approach than you, but that's just the case in most things. Um, <laughs> we, we both, I mean, I don't know somehow we get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about you, but I certainly started meditation through martial arts. That's where that's where it came from for me. I started because, again, I started a very traditional martial arts school, and um, when I moved, it was a very traditional martial arts school, and so I started meditating when I was probably about four or five. Like that was what I was taught. And if you can get a four or five year old that can meditate, they tend to calm the fuck down. <laughs> and I'm, I'm well aware, luckily, that my mother will never listen to this podcast because she doesn't like me swearing. So she can't refute that in any way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you do, you do calm down. You, you definitely have that kind of that, that thing. Um, martial arts just has everything there to be able to help you on that journey. And I think if we can get it in schools, I think it'd be great. But, you know, is there anything you you wish you'd done differently in terms of coming from where you came from to where you ended up or where you, I mean, I say ended up, but the journey isn't necessarily ended for you in terms of martial arts. You may still be going back. You may take on something else, but is there something, anything you regret or wish you'd done differently? I'm not big on regrets. Um, right. But I suppose, I suppose I'd probably obviously between so I was 10 or 10-ish, 11-ish, right? It was before secondary school when obviously I left the jiu-jitsu. Mm. And then it was, I was 26 or so, 27, when I went mm. back, to, when I started with the mixed martial arts and Muay Thai. I'd have done something in between. Right. Almost, almost certainly. Um, part of me wants to say no, because if it had done something in between, I'd probably have either stuck at that or wouldn't have had the same journey I had with Muay Thai. And again, I'm really grateful for the journey I had with Muay Thai and the people I met and the people, the people that I chose to learn under and the fact that with the humility of a person in their mid to late twenties, I was prepared to be a beginner and 
went through that beginner's mindset. I feel maybe if I, 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 I you know, I'd loved, I, I've, if I could ever have any superpower on the face of this planet, it'd be able to, you know, do sliding doors moments in my brain and see like how they all turn out. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with that idea. Although that would drive me insane within about four or five seconds of, yeah. of having that power. And um, because I do it on everything and then I wouldn't be able to handle it. And then I'd, and I'd end up with all those trolley, you know, the trolley car experiments. I'd end yeah. up with all of them in my head. Wouldn't I, if I knew that four extra people in the world would die because. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to give you my, so I, having my first degree was politics and i took philosophy and, and things like that just to, to think what my answer was if anyone wonders um get off the train or just duck down so that you don't know and i'm not making the decision as simple as that the lack not, of a decision still a decision it is a decision however it's not it's not my decision in which way the train's going it is the train so whoever built that train whoever gave the weight distribution to that train has made the decision not me i've decided not to be part of that <laughs> how did the teachers like that one they didn't <laughs> i didn't think so but then again i said but then i was quite harsh because i also because they changed it up they they gave um instead of the trolley experiment they then gave us the death star idea <laughs> which was um if you have a death star and you only have two times a day when you can blow it up that's midday 12 midday when everyone's there having the lunch the the um, mechanics are there the engineers are there the soldiers are there the families are there or midnight um when uh, when only soldiers are there when do you blow up and i have to say i had the american response from the second world war you blow it up during the day because if you blow it up at night where the engineers aren't there which means they can just build another one as star wars has proven <laughs> yeah but so, I'm, sure got, I'm sure they've got that data off site and they can get more engineers they can also get more soldiers well, potentially but i mean as as uh, with the second world, second world war thing it's, it's that kind of thing of like we'll just it's a kickstart. It's a kind of, no, 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 we are prepared to do this, which tends to change people's opinion, which is also my way of thinking in, in self-defense. Um, Interesting. So yeah, there anyway, we go. Yeah, tro sorry. Tro trolley car experiment. <laughs> but anyway, the whole point of it being is that I, I, as soon as this, I think my brain already automatically goes towards those things. Cause I, as soon as I change something, my brain goes into, I'm going to hypothesize everything that would have changed. I'm full on butterfly yeah. effect in my brain. So, <laughs> so yeah, if I'd have, be, if I'd have gone into something, then got to a level of proficiency, I was honestly, like I was a full on dickhead when I was, um, and I was around about 16, 17, maybe even 15. <laughs> um, but, but specifically, like, because of one of the things that I was bullied for, the initially was not having money. Mm. By, the time, by the time I was 15, my mom, when we moved out of Southport, sorry, moved up to Southport, my mum was, was doing really, really well. Um, and she overcompensated massively for the fact that me and my brother hadn't had much fruit like earlier in our lives. Yeah. So she started giving me a ridiculous amount of pocket money. Um, and I would do that to do things like buy Versace jeans that I was too big to fit into because they didn't do them in my size and buy really, really itchy Henry Lloyd wool jumpers that were really uncomfortable to wear. But everybody knew that like the jeans cost 120 pounds and the jumper cost 110 pounds. And in, in that, in on, on clothes days in year 11 in high school, like they were calling me like designer Dave and all this. And it's like, you know, I love that the first one but by the second one i was already feeling like what am i doing this for like it's because i and what i was doing it for was i'm going to show you i'm not poor anymore 
but those those people never knew me as being poor i wasn't mm. i've i've never got to stick it to any of the bullies from like the four years before and i probably wouldn't now now if one of the bullies that I'm from when i was a kid met me um it's in the video i've put up saying like you know of course there's a video i put up called um the end is not defined by your start it's about four years old that video now but um but basically it talks about like i'm not, i now i'm at the point in my life where i realize that those bullies probably need help and actually they're probably probably in worse situations in their life than i am even though obviously there's the emotional scars that i've had to overcome and the trauma that's about to be unpacked since then but they're probably in a worse overall place than i am than me you know, because that mentality is probably not going to get you very far um so that's the way i look at things now had I have started doing more then, I genuinely believe that I'd have got cocky, probably thought I was the dog's bollocks. And then when it, but, and then I don't, I'm not sure if that cockiness, if I, if I'd have been, I mean, this is, I suppose, what we've just argued. If I'd have, if I'd have empowered myself through that cockiness, that cocky period, I don't know, would I have lent into it more? Would I, I mean, you, you know what I'm like, because I, I have bipolar disorder. Like I can become very egotistical when I'm, when I'm manic, I can become, I can become almost, almost, what's the word I'm looking, narcissistic, like mm. borderline narcissistic when I'm, when the only, I'm, obviously I know it's happening and I try and rein it in when narcissists can't really do that. But, um, but I can feel like I'm unstoppable when I'm there. Like me not having the, the lid on all of that when I was a kid, I don't know. I think it probably would have turned me into an arsehole. And then, you know, we're all arseholes. We're just, I would have turned him into a different kind of arsehole. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have done something in the middle, um, or at least a little bit earlier. And I suppose that's what we all think, isn't it? We all think, oh, we've only had got into this earlier, or you know, yeah. I mean, apart from that, you got into it at four, so you're probably not thinking <laughs> that too much. If only I'd have always... done my first 14 degrees when I was 14. <laughs> you see, it always reminds me of um, there's a film, and I cannot remember the name of it right now, which is very annoying, uh, between Brandon Lee and um, Dolph Lundgren where Brandon Lee does, um, he takes out like three or four guys and Dolph Lundgren just goes, when did you start? Seven. Would have been better if you started at five. (laughs) 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 I love that. I love, because Dolph Lundgren, obviously, I mean, (laughs) Dolph Lundgren, I love the fact that people always kind of forget the fact that Dolph Lundgren is one of, um, is an incredibly good martial artist. Like he was, he beat, um, did he beat or nearly beat the current world champion when he was a green belt? Right. Um, <laughs> the heavyweight karate champion he nearly beat when he was green belt. And you're like, that shouldn't fucking happen. Um, <laughs> he was European heavyweight champion, Australian heavyweight champion. Um, like he's very good, very good martial artist. But so I, I found that funny because I was like, yeah, that that kind of sounds like. Dolph Lundgren may have actually written that line. (laughs) 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 But I mean, I I was sent to martial arts, um, although I was kind of bullied around it, but not really at that age, not until a bit later. But I mean, and I was bullied when I got older because I was I was fat, you know, same kind of um, thing. But I mean, I was sent because the men in my family had a temper. And it was like, well, we'll send Adam because then he won't. And I don't generally. I mean, I, I have a I have a reputation as being a grumpy fucker. And I am. <laughs> I'm fine with that. The, the show The Grumpy Old Men should have been called Men Who Make Sense. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. But I'm not as I don't have a snap physical aggression response. Many reasons. One of them, and it sounds egotistical, but fuck it. I would hurt them. 
and and so and I think that's where the discipline from martial arts comes from. Is it's like I know not to do that. I the, I won't fight because that just ends up with me and it being arrested and and them having a broken arm or something. Like, what the fuck would I do that for? But also, it's quite funny because um, like the men in my my brother used to have the thing of he had a snowball thrown at him once, and his response to was to pick the person up by their throat. Um, he is now a Methodist minister. Um, <laughs> so he definitely took a different path. But yeah, I think you're quite right. The, the idea that um, you kind of go back, it's always that idea, if I went back and spoke to myself when I was 10, what would I say? Or yeah. it's it's that kind of thing, isn't it? And I mean, I, I certainly think I would have liked to have started certain martial arts earlier. And yes, I just probably started to like uh, university earlier because I um, probably could have done some the courses that are available now weren't available when I was younger, but I did start university a year late. So, um, you know, what if I started then? But then there's so many other things around that. Would I have met my girlfriend then, which would have then lent to my next girlfriend, which would have lent to my wife? Would that have happened? That's a completely different thing. I wouldn't have wanted to change. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. there's there's always those kind of rolling doors um, ideas. But yeah, I, I think that's um, that is the interesting one when it, when it comes to things like that. But I mean, is there... Oh, I never on. give straightforward answers either. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straightforward answers. Why answer some? We've, um, did, were you there the other day when we suggested that on my stream we should we should instigate an, um, a channel point redemption for short answers only? <laughs> oh, I'd be fucked with that. Um, oh my god, it's like I'm not doing it. It traumatised me. <laughs> this, 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 I mean, especially for podcasts. I mean, you can always tell. I think. Um, when someone doesn't want to be there as well in in interviews on on um, TV, when they just have one word answer, yes, no, maybe, I'm just here for this. You know, I, I think um, Richard Ayoade basically destroyed uh, Christian Guru Murphy on Channel Four. Um, for anyone that's not in the UK, uh, Christian Guru Murphy is a news broadcaster on Channel Four over here, and Richard Ayoade was in uh, film Night. Uh, Night Watch, Neighborhood Watch, Neighborhood the, the Watch, The Watch. Sorry, with Ben Stiller and but uh, Vince most Hall. Americans do know him from the the IT crowd, though. Oh, that's true. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he clearly did not want to be in an interview with Christian Kuhn Murphy, and just one word answers, and then just went, "This isn't going very well for you, is it?" And yeah, just I, completely. And he, in his voice, it's brilliant. It is because he's he, yeah he he sounds he sounds even more especially pissed off that he's there. It's a very <laughs> it's a very repressed English accent, so it's it's brilliant. Oh, um, I saw. I'm sure it was. I think it was Bruce Willis giving like some young MTV presenter an interview once, and he'd obviously been getting asked about the film all day. Mm. And by the time this um, presenter came, it's just like. I don't care. <laughs> and, I, and, and, the, and the, the presenters, they're like, you can literally like the pupils dilating. And it's, and I felt, to be honest, I kind of felt for both of them because I thought to myself, well, this guy's just doing his job. And like, but as like at that level of celebrity, it's like you're getting interviewed about things all the time. And you've got to, like, it's not the same as, like you and I get interviewed about the same thing quite a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, but not to that level. Like no. I get interviewed about the same thing sometimes like three or four times in a week. If I'm doing a bunch of presentations in that week, I might, there might be five or six times in a week. Yeah. But they're all on, like, I think I've done it twice in one day before now. And that was quite tiring. Um, but it's never, it's not five or six times in a day. Yeah. I mean, I think this is why um, Sean on uh, first we feast on hot ones. That's why celebrities seem to love him so much. 
But I don't know if you've ever seen the show. Basically, it's is that the one with the hot wings. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, not, I've never seen it, but a few people have recommended I, it. To me. It's brilliant, and the, the the main reason is the idea goes that you can't lie if you're out of your head on the heat. Like if you all your concentration is fuck, this is hot. You don't. Your mind doesn't have the cognitive um, wherewithal to go. I can lie about this. So you just end up getting massive, massive truths and stuff out of um, out of celebrities. And Are you they, sure that also... hot sauce isn't made with sodium pentothal? <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he also that he also does his research, or his team does the research. And every time, or almost every time, you see the look on the celebrity's face for like you've asked me a different question. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> like because they're so again, they're so used to getting the same questions that they just kind of go. Oh God! And right, okay. By the way, Sean, if you're watching, you're not. But fuck it. If anyone knows Sean, I would love to come on that show. I loved Hot Wings. There's nothing you can ask. Same thing. Do the show with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm vegetarian, but you do vegan. Ones, I it's fine. I've just, I know, I've just admitted to that. You know, I've just admitted to having never seen your show, but I've heard about it enough. And I also like hot wings. I'm also a thirsty bitch and like I, attention. I will bring, <laughs> I will bring hotter sources with me than you have on there. Los Calientes mm. is 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 um, a nice midway point. But I think we need to make that the the bottom of the pile. Um, <laughs> I know this is completely. Anyone watching gone, or listening gone off and now just going, what the fuck? This what happens when back. you put two neurodivergent people in the same room? <laughs> well, we're not so, in the yeah, same I mean, room, are we? Well, we don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, we're a few hundred miles away from each other. But um, yeah, I mean, to drag it, kicking and screaming back onto the point. I think the point is as well is that neurodivergence as well, as well as just putting everything else, neurodivergence and martial arts absolutely go, do go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may even be that thing, because as I've said on our MySteams before, and a lot of people say that um, you can have a predisposition to schizophrenia, to depression, things like that, but your surroundings can change on how you actually respond. And I think mm-hmm. if we you know, got people into the mindset of do martial arts at school, do some form of it, don't do self-defense at school. I said this in the last podcast, but do not do self-defense at school because I don't think you're in the right. That's where I think you were saying about you'd have done a different martial art. I think I, I would assume that if you'd have done an, um, a normal martial art, judo, BJJ, something like that, you probably wouldn't have been as cocky because I think they would have reined you in. Yeah. But if you'd have done some form of like self-defense, maybe that's potentially where I don't think we have the cognitive wherewithal at that point to realize we're not some kind of invincible fucking superheroes. It's like, well, I've, I've done this. So I'm going to, yeah. no, you're not um but I, I you know i think it is important to be able to do that as a kid so um was there anything else you wanted to add that is actually on point um or <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so and i'm getting quite hungry and i'm thinking no. about hot, it's hot wings that's done that to me well i'm yeah. i'm spending I'm, <laughs> I'm spending a day training and uh, eating as cristiano ronaldo so i now need to go and um, punish my my body and eat salad so um <laughs> Yes, yeah, so you have to put his little shitty fake ab, ab vest thing on as well. <laughs> no. Which he definitely uses every day and got his six pack from. <laughs> definitely is, is definitely not on the board of directors for, apart from the fact that he is. Which one is that? Slender Tone? I'll say their fucking name. Um, it's not Slender Tone. No, it's, 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 okay. it's a specific one. It's, 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 it looks better than a Slender Tone. Like, I mean, it's all, got, the, it, all the research. It's not, I mean, anyone, anyone look up the training regime for Cristiano Ronaldo. That is very quickly where you realize where he gets the six pack. The fucking workout. So the the literally the warm up for his workouts are worse than most people's workouts. Just a <laughs> point. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me, Dave. And thank you for everyone listening. If you've made it till the end, 
fucking well done. Get yourself a cupcake. You deserve it. <laughs> um, but I'm not too sure who we're going to have next time. But uh, thank you very much again. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you again next time. Uh, also, the details for me and Dave for Twitch channels will be below. Thanks, everyone. Thank Bye you. now.